Let's see. Okay, well, I'm with you Thursday, Friday, God willing. So okay. Yeah. Question is if we can pick up speed. Okay. Good morning. All right, gentlemen. We're going to go back to the Mishnah. Um, we're discussing the, uh, uh, the subject of the, uh, when a person has belief. And uh, um, the, uh, the challenge, uh, it's a difficult, it's a difficult uh, case because uh, Nebuch, uh, these poor women were captured and uh, the question was if they could go back to their husbands. We're on Chafvav 26b at the Mishnah. So uh, the question was, could they go back to their husbands? Uh, and uh, we said before that the rabbis relaxed the rules. It's really interesting. Like there's some, ru- there's some room sometimes to relax the rules. It's very, how do you do that? You know, there, but in halacha, there are many areas where the, there's, there's the basic halacha. Sometimes, for example, Erev Shabbos. When something is needed for Shabbos, the rules are relaxed a little bit. Or if there's a big loss, the rules are relaxed. We've had bishfuya when a person is captive, they were lenient. Uh, even we have regular rules about testimony, and you know she's not impartial. She wants to go back to her husband. She'll say anything. You know we need we need to know what the halacha is. But we did say that they were lenient over there. So what our Mishnah is going to explain is that there's other cases where women were captured which were not necessarily um, captive. And so the question is, were they still lenient or were they not? Or, and uh, was this, uh, this rule of, does it have to do just with captivity with soldiers in a war? Or does it have to do with any time a woman is in jail in those days? Um, unfortunately, if you, if you see what happens in the prisons, it may not be just those days that uh, people have uh, concerns. So, uh, but uh, let's see the Mishnah. Uh, we're going to use different words. The first word until now that we've been talking about is what, uh, that's the most lenient even though that may be the most dangerous, but that's, that was where she was a shvuya, where the people were taken captive. The men had worse. They were killed. They were just executed. The women were taken captive. But that's shvuya. This word is shenekvasha. The Hebrew is a little different. Um, the, uh, it means that they didn't take all of the women. They didn't sack the city. Specifically, a certain woman was taken. Now, why would they just take one woman? So sometimes uh, her husband owed the money. And that was a very effective way of raising the, uh, you know, they take the wife and then he's going to come up with the money. So she can go back to her husband, as they were in the Mishnah, because the assumption is also if they want their money, um, it's interesting that this happens with kidnapping in South America too. You know, it's like the... You know, if they want the money, you know, they, they got to return them in good condition or they give part of the money. It's all negotiations. So, but the, the, the people are doing it for business. So you assume that they wouldn't necessarily harm the woman. What's it about? They're just interested in getting their money and that's how they collect their money. On the other hand, we're going to see this later. When a person is condemned to be killed, they did not protect their rights. Uh, they would allow the women to be uh, uh, assaulted. That was, uh, and therefore, if, if the woman was taken to be killed, and then somehow she got out of it, she would be forbidden to her husband because they. Um, we have a unique concept. You have to when you see what the the Gentiles did with us. Even the people that were executed, 
their rights were kept. Not only so, they even insisted that we pick the best possible death for them, meaning that we tried to do it in a way that uh, uh, they still have to lorecha Even a person who has to be executed, you, all right, he did something wrong. He has to, he's going to get his punishment, but you wouldn't you wouldn't like didn't mean you could do anything to him. Uh, but the Gentiles, that if the woman was meant to be executed, we're going to see that they were mafkir them. Let's, Rashi says, the they, they, the, the woman who was going to be killed was Hefker. And Rashi said the concern was that maybe the woman, uh, it, until now we've been worried about a woman married to a Kohen. Uh, the assumption was that a woman would not, uh, would not willingly have relations with her captor. But uh, in this case, uh, we're concerned even if her husband's a Yisrael, because maybe she's trying to save her life and therefore she would do it willingly. Now, there's a debate if this would be true. Is this called doing it willingly? If a woman willingly has relations with a man who's not her husband, but she's doing it to save her life, is that called willing? Willing means they, on their own, they want to. They agree. She's not agreeing. She just doesn't want to be killed. Or maybe that is agreeing. Agreeing means... uh, so there's a big debate about this. This is a huge debate, has big ramifications as well. The other idea could like be... the Esther case. What? It's like the case with Esther. It's the case of Esther. They had this case with the Nazis, Yamak Shemo. Um, there is another twist to it. If you look at Rashi, uh, they made these women Hefker. Uh, basically, the, uh, the women were free to, to take, you know, they're in a prison, and the, the women that were condemned were, uh, were open game. And so maybe if the woman was offered to so many of them, maybe there's some of them that she wouldn't fight. Maybe it has to do with the fact that there's so many that uh, at some point uh, she wouldn't refuse all of them or she would get so used to it that it would no longer be considered forced. Um, and so then that would be a problem going back. I'm not sure what the... Yes. Mm-hmm. The dick book is kind of tricky there. Is Nisratza that she would be desired by one of them or that she would desire one of them? I think it, it, it means that she would accept, she would be ratsasa, she would not fight one of them. It's ratsasa. Ah, you're not sure of the diktuk, okay. Or, uh, the, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, have, we actually have the same concept and it's probably the same issue. We, we know that Besden can force somebody to do something and the, the language is Kofano, so Adshi Yoma Rotsani, right? He doesn't want it. He, he, he just doesn't want to be beat up anymore. It's the same concept. Okay, very good. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. I didn't think of it that way, but that's, uh, um, it's called he wants it because he doesn't want to be beat up. So we say, there, there's a famous Rambam that, uh, that people say that deep down he does want it, and we're just beating up the Yetzirah that says he doesn't want it. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Over Shmulvar, yeah, tell it to him, right. You're just beating up my Yetzirah. It's not the real you wants this. Okay. Now, the Gemara says an important rule. This idea that uh, the goyim, if it's only for money, they won't necessarily assault the woman, that's when there is some justice. Yad Yisrael tekifa alochavim. The Jews have some power over the Gentiles. There's some rules, there's some legal recourse. 
But if the Goyim are in charge, even if they just have the woman for money, if they, if they know there's no consequences, even if the woman is just taken to pay a debt, she'll be forbidden. May see Rava, Rava is a question. Aid Reb Yossi a Kohen. Reb Yossi the Kohen, Reb Zakari ben So this is a third word. The first word was Shruya, captive. The second word was Shenefesha, which was like taken prisoner. This word, Shehur Hanya, a woman who's Hur Hanya, the article translates it as pledged. It's on the first Rashi on today's page, Hur Hanya de Midas. Uh, basically, uh, she, um, they give her a loan, and she says, if I don't pay, I'll be your slave. So she willingly, she's not forced into captivity. They're not dragging her out in the middle of the night. She presents herself, or she, she, um, she willingly um, agrees to serve them or go be with them. Uh, that's a totally different scenario in Ashkelon. So in other words, the, to, uh, she was the security for a debt, or she agreed to something on her own, in this Gogoisha city of Ashkelon. And then when she was freed or she got out, Veriku Benea Mishpaksa, her family of Kohanim would not allow her to marry them because they assumed that she was forbidden. But they, she brought witnesses, that she was never alone with them and she was never uh, had relations with them. So the Chachamim said to the family members, how did you know that she was Hurhanya? She told you she was Hurhanya, that she presented herself as a security to them. So if you don't believe her, you say she's a liar. So if you don't believe her that she was the security, then if she was never uh, alone with them, then she was never metame with them. If you don't want to believe her on that part, then don't believe her that she was given to them. So either way, you should uh, either you believe her because uh, you believed her that she was security, so you should believe her she wasn't touched. And if you don't believe she was security, uh, then don't believe that uh, the other part. And Vaha Ashkelon, Diyad Ovr Chacham Atzman. And Ashkelon was definitely a Gentile city. It was a, a city of the Palestinians. Vikstani, and we learn, Hurhana in Nikvashalo. Specifically, because she did it willingly, that's why they were reluctant uh, to believe her. But had she been uh, taken forcefully, um, uh, that was just for money, then uh, then uh, she wouldn't be forbidden. So uh, we we I thought we said that um, I thought we said um, the uh, the uh, that there was uh, if they were in charge, there was no difference whether it was for money or whether it was for nefashos. So Morris said no. Who adin nefasha? You're right. Really, again, the issue is. When the Gentiles have total free reign, like in Ashkelon, we said it shouldn't make a difference whether she, uh, what, under what circumstances did they have this woman? Was she a free slave or was she a captive? See, we thought a captive had the upper hand because you're only going to pay full ransom if they don't harm the captive. So, but then we said, well, that's only if there's, uh, if there's um, uh, some, uh, if it's Mamanos and the Jews are Takifa, meaning we have some rights. But if we have no rights, it wouldn't make a difference. And over there, we seem to say there's a difference uh, if there, she was on her own or if she was, uh, uh, if she was held. So the Morris said, and we said, there is no difference when the Goyim are in charge. So the Morris said, you're right, there really is no difference. It makes no difference 
whether the reason they took her, whether it was because of Mamon or whether it was because of Nefashos or whether she did it voluntarily. When the Goyim are completely in charge and we have no rights, you have to suspect that they damaged, they, they assaulted the women. It happened to be that particular case, the woman wasn't taken captive, but she, uh, uh, she, she um, on her own went. Some people say it like this, Rabbi said, I can bring you a proof that when the Gentiles in charge, there's a problem. That they testified about this woman who, uh, who pledged herself, meaning that she, uh, she said she would be security if, if something wasn't paid, and it wasn't paid, and she had to go work for them. And over there, even though it was uh, because of money, since the Goyim were in charge, the family uh, stayed away from her. They wouldn't allow her to marry a Kohim. And there were witnesses that she wasn't touched. And the Chachamim said, if you, be- if you don't want to believe her that she pledged herself, then Haminu, uh, did you believe her? Then uh, why did you believe her? Um, if you believe her that she was given over, then you have to believe her that she wasn't uh, assaulted. And if you don't believe that she wasn't assaulted, then don't believe that she was taken. And Ashkelon was definitely through money. And the reason that she was okay was because she had testimony. If there wouldn't be witnesses, she wouldn't believe. My love, isn't it because there's no difference whether she pledged herself or she was taken. Lamora says, no, Hurhanashani. It's different when she voluntarily uh, signed up for it. They, basically, when she signs up for it, she has no rights. Uh, she went on her own. It's different when a woman is held in security. That's purely a business. Uh, these are collection agencies, and they have certain rules for collection agencies. But when a woman gives herself over, maybe it's different. That's really the debate in our Gomorrah. Is there a difference between Hurhana, uh, where a woman is uh, uh, does it on her own, where she agrees to be go work for them, and uh, in the theory she's given up all her rights. And when a woman is taken to security by the uh, the repo people, the repo people, it could be it, as long as Jews have some rights that they uh, are not going to harm her. But some people ask it as a question. Basically, we had two explanations. One is it's specifically where she pledged herself; she has no rights. And the other is, no, she never has rights. Some people, when they, they were talking about when the Gentiles have the power and Jews have no power. The other shot was that when Jews have some rights, that for money they won't harm them. Some people ask this question. If it was for money, she's permitted. How could that be so? That case had to do with money, Victani. And the only reason we were lenient is because there was testimony. Amy, no, so she wouldn't be believed. And why is that different? I thought for money she's believed. It depends on whether the Gentiles, uh, whether Jews have power over the Gentiles. When the Gentiles have the, are the stronger ones, then we're not believed. So it came out in the various versions of the Gemara that there's three different issues here. Uh, whether the woman would be permitted. One is whether she went on her own or she was taken captive. Two is whether the captivity was for money or it was for capital case. And three is whether there was some testimony that she was not secluded. So then we said, if it was about she was taken for life or death, she's forbidden. 
he says an example would be the wives of robbers. Uh, when people uh, uh, were robbers, uh, the, uh, uh, the rule was they, they, uh, the wives were free game. This was the order to discourage robbery. If a husband was taken, was guilty of stealing a cow or stealing a horse, that was like the, the worst crime in the Wild West was stealing, uh, being a horse thief. Because uh, people would just hang up their horse. There was no way. They didn't have like bike locks. You know, you, you brought your horse, you know, you tied it to the post. And then you came out of the bar. You wanted to find your horse there. And so somebody stole your horse. That would like destroy society. Like, you know, you can't, you come out. Where's your horse? What are you going to do? Right? So like, a, you know, so the horse thief was really like considered the, so what they did was they said anybody who's a horse thief, uh, uh, their wife is free game. Let's see, Rashi. They would hang the husbands. But Derech Malchus, the custom of the countries in those days were They made their daughters and their wives hefker. So maybe the wife would tell the husband, don't steal any horses, you know, that's the, yeah, because that, that was part of the punishment. Uh, back to the Gemara. There was a famous guy, uh, a robber named Dunoy, a Jewish robber, uh, Rashi ben Dunoy, he was a murderer, and his name was uh, Elazar, and so uh, uh, his wife was uh, part of, the, his punishment was his wife was uh, made, uh, given to be free, anybody could assault her. It has to be that uh, after the case, it was decreed that they be killed. He says, it doesn't matter. They, the Goyim didn't wait. If, even if they were accused of death, they would take advantage of the, of the wife. Let's see the Mishnah. Uh, a city that was conquered by a Karkum. Uh, a Karkum is a um, uh, Rashi Metzer. It was a siege. By the way, this sometimes it gives you thought about, you know, sometimes the fast days where you talk about, oh, the siege started. You say, yeah, what's the big deal, a siege? You know, we can, you know, there, you know, we, we also have food shortages, you know, it's a, uh, no, so uh, they had a siege, uh, basically, um, and you had an army outside. So, kola kohenesha any wife of a Kohen was inside the city that was taken by siege, forget it. Uh, she was definitely assaulted. They're all forbidden to their husbands. What if there's a witness? Even a servant, even a maidservant, they are believed. But they can't testify about themselves. That every one of them is going to say, I wasn't assaulted. But, uh, uh, the, uh, and there are also a certain memory lapse, too. Sometimes when terrible things happen, they just aren't there. Uh, you know, but, but if, uh, if there's any testimony whatsoever, we were lenient and we believe it. For a minhu, the Martha question, if you have an army shows up in town, but there's not a particular war, there was just a, um, one of the, um, there's a, uh, uh, the Middle Ages, uh, there was a big discussion, there's a book about this, Barbara Tuchman has a famous book about the curses of the Middle Ages, was that they had groups of soldiers that would travel through uh, the cities, and they would, uh, at will, all of a sudden decide to hold the people hostage, to pay them money, to leave them alone. Uh, this is where the mafia came from, you know, they, or they uh, would uh, just uh, pillage at will. And so one of the reasons that they came up with the Crusades was to get rid of them. You know, they figured, we got all these fighting men, you need to have a good war to keep the, uh, those people out of trouble. 
Uh, and so, I mean, to some extent, we have a lot of people in the jails. If we could just ship them off to war, then there wouldn't need to be so many people in the, uh, before they commit those crimes. You could get rid of those, those kind of people that are violent, the best place for them. So you used to have those kind of people. So in a time of peace, so uh, if you had any wine or whiskey, forget about it. Uh, so the problem was that these pagans who would steal people's wines, uh, they were very superstitious and they would do the hocus pocus. They would do the idol worship uh, thing before they drank the wine and make the wine non-kosher. So if your barrel was open, forget it. Stumos, if the barrel was still sealed, it's still kosher. They didn't do the, uh, the idolatry. Bishas milchama, but if it was in the middle of a war, the soldiers don't have time to go, uh, go drink the wine. They have no time. So we just said that if the soldiers come through the city, uh, the women are all assumed to have been assaulted. And over here, we say the soldiers don't even have time to take a drink. What's going on here? So He said to have relations with the women, they make the time. To do the religious things, ceremonies on the wine, that they're too busy. They get, they're in wartime, they're busy. But uh, somehow they find the time to assault the women. As Rashi says, Livo They have a strong Yetzirah. Uh, they always talk about that, soldiers in the... Uh, I mean, the truth is, we have a parsha of Yafas Tor, of a woman, uh, the captive woman, because soldiers in battle, uh, they're away from home. They're, they're away from their wives for months and months and months at a time. And uh, uh, the, uh, their emotions, they don't eat or sleep, so they're not on their regular... Um, they're, they're not thinking regularly. Uh, and uh, their close friends are being killed. And so their emotions are playing games with them. And so uh, it's very difficult to... Uh, when they're exposed, they have uh, options to women. They, uh, sometimes the boundaries come down, even in a Jewish army. Uh, there were some that uh, couldn't help themselves. That's why there's the Parsha of that. So uh, we're saying that even if they're on duty, somehow they find time to assault the women. Okay. Rav Yitzhak Berlazmish made a kiss. He gives a different answer. He says it depends. If uh, it's for your government and the army works for you, your tax dollars at work, um, maybe they won't assault the women. But if it's a different country, um, a different country, uh, then all bets are off. The army that works for your country, uh, they don't necessarily want to assault the women of their own citizens. You know, that's, uh, that wouldn't come across so well. They don't want to do that. But a different country, they could care less about the citizens of that country. So Morris said, That's true of the army as a whole. But you're still going to have those individuals of the army that are going to commit crime, going to assault the women. So you got guards. You know, when you have the army around, uh, the police are, have their minds to watch the, uh, the no soldiers uh, go and, into town and attack the women. The mercy, Epshilo, name Porta. Yeah, but there's always a soldier that's sleeping and they could get through. So Amr of Levi, he go to Mahadele Lamasa. In those days, they knew this was a problem. So the city would have three sets of protections against uh, individual soldiers. What they would do is they'd have a Shushilta. The Kalba Vagavsa Vaabsa. Um, the Shushota was a, um, uh, basically they would have fences up. That keeps away some people. So the fences don't, isn't going to stop too many army people. The Kalba and they had dogs. The Gavza, they had geese. I'm sorry, uh, not the, the, they'd have dogs. Gavza, they had sticks like um, 
sharp stakes in the ground. So it would be hard to... It's like barbed wire, but Abza was the geese. The geese would make a lot of noise. You know, they try to... You know, bark, 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 bark. You know it's a, uh, it was also protect. I don't know, I don't know why they need the geese and the dogs yeah, or that what? What? Right. Oh, a chicken. Okay. Yeah. Why do? Is it a geese or a chicken? Geese. It it's says geese. geese. It's an uh-huh. alarm system. It's an alarm system. A dog will actually do something. A goose will go after you as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. All right. For a dog, you throw him a piece of meat. What do you do? What do you do for goose? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way the game goes, Doctor Goose. The goose is pretty uh, okay. Right. Uh, there's a debate one of them said in your country the army isn't so dangerous it's a different country it's not a difficulty you could explain there are two different cases one of them asked them all these questions yeah but you'll have individual soldiers who even in your country don't follow the rules and Mishanik you go into Mahadale Lamasa, the city has a if they know there's soldiers that come nearby, they set up this system of Shushilta, the fences, the Kalba and the dogs, the Gavza and the stakes, and Ba'avza and the geese. Um, there is a uh, Rashi's bothered by this. Why would your your army be uh, inside your country against a city? Why would they be sieging a city inside your country? So there is a Rashi here. They don't want to destroy the people of the city. When they are conquering a city next to their country, there's some cities that they just plan to tax and add on to their tax base. So they, the army will, but they're basically residents of the same country. Whereas there's sometimes where they're coming against a totally different country. So if it's a country that's going to be part of their tax base, they don't want to totally like wipe out the citizens and attack everybody. Where it's a city that's going to be sacked, that's a different story. So even within the army sieges, there's different strategies. Back to the mark. If inside the captive city, there's a hideaway, so just one hideaway, then all of the Kohenesis are believed because maybe they hid during the sacking of the city. In other words, when they know the soldiers have just sacked the city, the women would all hide under the beds or they'd have a good hideaway. Boy, Rev, what if it's a very small hideaway? It only holds one woman. <laughs> so every woman is claiming she was there. So, Hi, new hi. Uh, the, uh, could say they're there. Oduma, lo amrinu. Maybe we don't say that. Uh, you know, they couldn't possibly all have been hiding there. Umaishna said, "Why is this different than the case of the two paths? Echad tamei, one road was tamei. Echad tar, one was tar. And a person went on one of the roads, not realizing that there was a dead body uh, buried there. But asa taras, and what? And he went to the bakery, and he did pure, the purity foods." And this fellow man went, he went on the other round. It was two person, two men went to work in the kosher bakery where they were making purity foods, foods that for, for uh, like truma and meiser that couldn't be touched by a person that stepped on a grave. And they, both of them took a different route to work. And between the two of them, one of them definitely went over the dead body, but each one individually might have been okay. So the Rabbi Yehuda says, Im if you interrogate each one separately uh, of whether they went on the grave for sure, taharos shneim ka'achas, um, it, it's the, taharos. Uh, each one individually could say, not me. 
So too, Shneim Ka'achas, if you interrogate the two together, and each one took a different road, so then we know the food is no good. Rabbi Yossi says, either way, it's tummy. So we want to say the same thing over here with the women. If you were to interview two women and there was only space for one to hide, so then you'd have to say somebody's tummy over here. But if they, each one comes alone and said that they somehow avoided being assaulted, their belief. If they're all together, they're all tummy. If they come separate, What happens if a woman comes to ask about her and her fellow lady? That's like coming together. Uh, that's no good because you and your fellow lady, somebody's tummy here. That's a separate times. Um, that, that's in the case over there by the Taharas. Here also, uh, over here, we want to say all the women who claim they weren't assaulted are okay. So, would it be the same as the case of the bakery? So the Lamar said, How do you compare them? By the bakery is worse. Because in the case of the bakery, we know that somebody walked, there was Tumah there, and people took both, both roads. How do we know for sure that the Goyim were in the mood to assault the women? You don't know. They might not have had time. So therefore, we, there's more reason to believe them in our case uh, of the women. What happens if the woman says, I wasn't hiding, but I wasn't assaulted? So would you believe her or not? Me, I'm reading it as we turn the page. Do we say, my Lili Shaka? We're back to the Pesha Asr kind of thing. Or why would, they, if, uh, why would they lie? All they had to say was, I wasn't assaulted. I was hiding under the bed. They didn't see me. I was hiding in the closet. Uh, so now that she said I wasn't hiding, but I got a nice captor. He didn't assault me. There's also limits to how much assaulting they could do. You know, maybe that not every woman was assaulted, you know. So do you believe her? Oh, do below arena, maybe we don't say such a thing. What's this different from that story? Dahu Gavra, there was that guy. What did he do? He rented a donkey. Today we rent cars, those days they rented donkeys. Omerle, he said. You know, they have certain rules about uh, driving when you drive. It used to be they wouldn't let you take it out of state. And if you took it out of state, you pay much more. Today, I haven't seen those on the rental cars so much today anymore. They're about, you have to keep it within state or not drive it. Uh, today, they have GPS on the cars, too. They can, uh, you can't lie to them about where the car has been. So, uh, Omar Lay, one of them said, don't take my donkey on Narpukit by the Pukit River to Ikamaya. Because it's, uh, they're, they're, it's very watery over there. That's too risky. If you take it over there, the water is going to uh, wash the cow to sea. It's dangerous. It's not good. To, uh, take it on the Darnish route. Take it on the Darnit, uh, the Darnish route. The Lekamaya, that way is much safer. So I'll rent you my, uh, my donkey, but you have to only go, don't take any risks with it. And sure enough, this guy ignored the rules and took it on the pocket route. And the donkey died, not because of the water, it just died. So he made an insurance claim. Oh, he went in front of Rava. That's true, I took it on the Narpukid route, and uh, if, it had been, uh, if the water washed it away, I would have had to pay. But, but that's not how it died. There was no water there. So this guy, if he was really dishonest, he could have said, I took it on the other route. I could have gone on the Darnish route. And so since he was honest that he broke the rules, 
he was honest about him breaking the, uh, he was honest, he could have told a better lie. He could have said, I did everything right and the donkey died. So believe him that I, well, I did ignore the rule about taking him on the waterway, but he didn't die of the water, he just dropped it. They would have found the donkey on the pocket road anyway. How could you... I, I, maybe they didn't have the resources to go look for it or whatever. Though. But you're right. If they wanted to do a detective job, they would have known where it was there. Okay. So, uh, well, maybe he could have carried it to the other route. You know, to, uh, it's, uh, have it towed over there. So, yeah. This idea that we would believe him if he's a liar, that's only when it doesn't go against uh, testimony. So, um, and so Morris says, Over there, everybody knows there was water there. Over here, getting back to what we're saying, were the women for sure attacked? Nah, it's a, it's a possibility. You will believe a woman uh, when it's just a, 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 a kshash. Over there, where it's more than a kshash, then we don't, we don't believe the guy with the donkey. So then we said, We said, any kind of witness will be good. What about if it's her maidservant? In those days, women were given, going back to Rocho and Leah, each person was given like their private maidservant. Uh, and that was a special relationship, the, uh, the maidservant to the, uh, that was like their special maidservant they were close with. So would we even believe her maidservant? Remino, let's ask the question. So there's a halacha in Gittin uh, that uh, the once a man uh, gives a get to his wife, uh, so he's not supposed to be alone with her uh, afterwards. The concern was that uh, once they had, uh, they had known each other, uh, so it's easier for them to have relations again once they knew each other, uh, one last time or one la- uh, fling or whatever. So they shouldn't be alone with their ex. And it actually creates a problem because uh, sometimes the divorce had been written already. And if they were alone with the ex, all bets were off. Uh, maybe they had nullify, that would nullify the divorce. In other words, divorce means that they're never going to have relations with a woman again. They're never going to be with her. And uh, by having relations uh, before the, the divorce was fully given, they would nullify the divorce. So again, that's a halacha over there. So Lotis Yakadima, you shouldn't be alone with her. El Al unless they're witnesses. It can even be a servant that he could be alone. Um, again, what happens is that the, they're going to court tomorrow and the divorce has already been written and she has to go there to receive it. She shouldn't be alone with him because if, if she's alone with him, we'll make them write a new divorce because we're concerned that after he wrote the divorce and before it was delivered, he shouldn't be alone with her. That'll nullify the divorce. But if, if he's alone with her and there's some kind of servant, then uh, the divorce is still good, except for her servant, because in, uh, it, it literally means she's comfortable with this servant. She would even have relations in front of this servant. This is her loyal, trusted servant. She could trust her for anything. Amr Papa, so, uh, so if that's true, why would we believe her with her private servant that she, the Goy didn't assault her this servant would lie for her. This, again, this private servant business uh, that they had, this servant they were very close with and would even lie for her. So Repapi Repapi says, still, for uh, the captive woman we were lenient, even that servant would be believed. Repapa says, no. It depends on whether it's uh, the husband's servant or whether it's her servant. 
shifti da la mehemna. Now, uh, would, would uh, uh, his servant not be believed? Vaktan ne'en ana meid al atzmo. A person can't testify about themselves. Ha shifti da, but any other servant would be believed. So the Lord says, shifkas the nami ka'atzmo dami. Maybe that's like, just like him. Or just like his uh, his servant. Uh, yeah, I'm translating servant as slave woman. Yeah, he has to make the beds. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean his servant for, uh, you know, just a, Yeah. So Ravashi says, no, we're talking about her servant. Rabbi Stein? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rabbi Stein? Yeah. It sounds like Dito. It sounds like her servant, not his. Is, is this hers or his? Well, this is his. Uh, with the... Ha-ba-ha-ba-shifka. Um, the, um, the, the one with the hay is his. Ha-ba-shifka dida. The one with the yud hay at the end. The yud hay is his. The, plain, the one with the yud is his. So... Um, the answer was that we're talking about we're, what? It's Dida and Dida. Right. Dida, right. So, so the, the one with the hay is hers, right? Right, but the yud hay is his. The yud hay yeah. is his. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So um, that's this answer. Ravashi says, no, both case Vishifka Dida. It's about uh, her servant. Uh, this is not this, without the yudhe. The shifka mexi kazi, but um, her servant, if she sees her 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 um, her boss being assaulted, vishaska, she won't say anything. So the, the she's in other words, she won't testify against her her boss that she had relations with her husband and there was a problem with the get. So here also, why would we believe her? Uh, to testify that her, when the city was captured, that she testifies that her, her boss wasn't uh, assaulted. The answer is, Over there, all she's got to do is to be quiet and not testify against her boss. So we're, we, we're not going to believe that, uh, we're not going to believe her over there um, uh, that she didn't uh, testify that anything happened. Over here, if she's quiet and doesn't testify that she wasn't assaulted, the boss will be in trouble. So uh, over here, um, if she's halka dishikas asarasa mehemna, if she actually testifies, we will believe her. In other words, one is a question of not testifying, and over here it's a question of testifying falsely. So Lamar said, Hastam Nami, Asi Mishakra, why don't we say over there she'll testify falsely? Lamar said, Tarti Loavta. She, to do both, she won't do. She won't go to court and, te- and lie. Not to testify against her that she would do. Where do we see such a thing? Where do we see that some people, they won't lie on the witness stand, but uh, they won't come and testify uh, the truth. So uh, that, the story is like this. There was a, uh, there was a guy named Mori Bar Isik. And some people say it had to do, his name was Kanabar Isik. This was a rich guy, and he was very powerful. And uh, the guy's father died, and they were getting ready to divide the estate. And he had a brother in Kuzoi. Uh, and uh, the brother showed up 
and said, He said, I want my share of the inheritance. So, who are you? Um, I don't know who you are. <laughs> so, so he went in front of Rav Kista and said, my brother's a liar. He won't admit that I'm his brother. He said, who said he's lying? He says, well, he only knew you when you were much younger. Uh, you, you, uh, you now look different. Prove that you're the right guy. When he left, you didn't have a beautiful just like Yosef. That's the story I was telling you before. So he's claiming that, how do we know this is the brother? Uh, the the, the, the uh, brother grew up in a different city. We don't recognize him. It's, it's a valid claim that, you know, bring the proof. He said, just bring proof. You're the brother and everything will be fine. I've got witnesses, but the witnesses are afraid to testify uh, against this guy, the Gavra Alimahu. He's a tough guy. And uh, if you testify him in court, he's going to beat you up. So I could get, I, I can prove I'm the brother, but nobody's going to testify over here. So uh, when he heard that, Omer he said to the, uh, the brother, he said, all right, Zil at the Lavaka, you bring proof that he's not your brother, otherwise you're going to share the estate. So Amrle, this Rami Barista character said, he said, Dinahaki, that's not the halacha. He wants to take away money from me. He should have to prove he is my brother. Why do we got to prove he's not my brother? He said, This is what happens to people that are strong guys and everybody's afraid of. When you go around beating up people, that you lose your rights. Um, so, therefore, um, uh, that's, uh, he, the, the Rabbana weren't afraid of anybody. And uh, because you've created an atmosphere where he can't bring witnesses, therefore, I have the power to make you bring the witnesses. But the Gemara says, Yeah, but this guy is so powerful, can't he bring false witnesses? So the Gemara said, No, to scare witnesses from testifying, that he could do. But to get witnesses to lie, that he won't. So there's a difference in what people will do. Most people, they won't get on the witness stand and testify falsely. Uh, whereas to not testify, if somebody scares them, maybe they won't testify. Because it's the rule? Uh, in general, yeah. Uh, Just had a different me- me- morality there. Yeah. That wouldn't happen these days. Yeah. If they stop on the hat, they'd lie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, the, I, I've seen that. You know, the sometimes uh, people are in traffic accidents, and they, you know, as soon as the cop shows up, they, oh, I, you know, so they drop in the hat. So, uh, Katanoi, Let's say this is down here that it's it's talking about the same group of witnesses would not do two wrongs. Mm-hmm. It's not that one group, you know, would be silent and one group would lie. You're just saying that the same people who would come would not do both. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. Testify, um, right? Yeah. ketanoi. Let's say, um, well, to do both is um, they would not testify what they knew, and then they would also testify falsely. We're saying that they would be quiet, but they wouldn't. They may be guilty of not testifying against their boss. Um, they're not going to testify against him. But if they were testifying. Um, if they were brought on the witness stand and they testified, they wouldn't lie. That's what it means they wouldn't do both. They, they'd be willing to do one sin of not testifying. You're, you're required to testify if you know testimony. 
that was one thing they would do, but to, to, to testify falsely that they wouldn't. A ketanoi, this is a debate. Um, uh, other relatives, uh, even a child, a father or a mother, uh, brother, sister, they could testify. But not her son or daughter, uh, or her servant. No, they're all believed, except for her and her husband. Uh, they, they say it's an earlier debate. Would would Repapa agree that it's an argument? When did he say it was an argument whether we could believe them? That's if she wasn't testifying, but she was relating. She was relating the events. What's in the case of that? When Revdimi came around, Khanan, in Kartagia, that's the name of some kind of place. Don't know where that is. Maisa bought Lifnei Rishua Ben Levi. Amar Levi Rishua Ben Levi. Mishtoi Maisa. North was North Africa, like where Libya is today. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. How, any idea how to pronounce it? Carthage. <laughs> oh Carthage. Oh, okay, I've heard of Carthage. Um, I thought that was thought that was near Rome or something, wasn't it? Rome and Carthage. Well, it... Rome controlled it. They went across from Italy into North Africa. Oh, I see. Okay. Thank you. Cartagena. Okay, Carthage. He's, uh, somebody was relating the events. He says, Me and my mother were captured by the pagans. And when uh, my mother went to get some water, I was watching her. Anybody got anywhere near her, I was going to beat them up. They went together to the wood. Basically, he was telling over to his, uh, uh, he wasn't testifying in court. He was telling people what he did, that uh, he never left his mother alone for a second. So, and Rebbe said, wow, that's, uh, that's, uh, we believe, based on that, they permitted the mother to marry a Kohen. Uh, because as we're saying, this was Masiyah Klefituma. So we see a son would be believed on a mother as long as we, he didn't have, it wasn't clear from the way he said it he had an agenda, but in general he was telling people about what he did the whole time, uh, so he he w- didn't know that he was being listened to to permit her to marry a Kohen. Later on, this came up, and they pointed to that conversation and brought it as proof. Okay, we'll stop here.